Hello, and thank you for joining us this week at LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast. I am Stephanie Colvin, your host, coming to you from my little slice of the world in Southern California. It's a beautiful day, and the topic of this week is fasting, the power of fasting. I wanted to start off with an experience that I had. I had fasted for a few months once every Sunday for all of our needs, mine, my family's, my husband, our community and our country. And it was quite a spiritual experience. There were three months that I fasted every Sunday in a row. And boy, was it taxing, but it was also very fulfilling, um, especially spiritually. really in tune with the Holy Ghost and drew closer to Heavenly Father and the Savior and just learned so very much uh, doing that fasting. And I'd like to do it again sometime, but it's been a couple years since I've done that. And um, moving on, I referenced that time in my journal and I was able to find one of the entries from 2018. As I was reading it, I literally got goosebumps from rereading my notes about the fast. The power of God is upon us when we put the work in. Remember what they recently taught us this week, or actually this year from the April General Conference is that God loves effort and effort brings rewards. So here's an excerpt from my journal, June 30th, 2018. I begin a fast this night for 24 hours, and this is what I'm taught and know about fasting. Fasting sends a message of importance and sincerity to my God. He hears and adds grace, spiritual power to my humble request, nurtures with great humility and meekness. It also helps me to become firm in the faith allows closeness to his spirit by sacrifice of all food and water, and it purifies and sanctifies me, teaches me discipline, and it's a blessing to my body. It's a demonstration of me yielding my heart to God's perfect knowledge and power. And so I fast this day for my brother and his eldest son. I fast that forgiveness and love may replace anger and bitterness. I fast with great faith that the power of my Savior is so great it can smash the adversary so his influence in this matter may be like dust in the wind. I fast for miracles to happen that our Father's will for this family to heal and be unified in love, devotion, support, forgiveness, and in the great truth of his gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a great abiding hope. Just love one another. So I'm going to be using a talk by Elder Shane M. Bowen that was given back in April 2009 General Conference. And um, it's all about fasting. And I believe that it's called Fasting as a Principle of Power. Uh, It definitely changes lives. So what if there were a way to overcome our habits? our addictions, the burdens, the vices that we acquire? What if there was a way to gain sufficient confidence enough in the Lord that you could call down the powers of heaven? What if there were principles that you could teach your loved ones that if applied would allow them to overcome personal weaknesses and draw closer to God? 
As we properly understand and live the law of the fast, these desired blessings can be ours. Is not this fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that ye break every yoke? That's Isaiah chapter 58 verse six. So what is a yoke? Let's break this down a little bit. I looked it up on Google and it says the definition for yoke is a wooden cross piece that is fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to the plow or the cart that they pull. Now what I would like you to do is, and of course if you're driving please don't do this, but if you're listening in a quiet place where you can close your eyes and imagine that you have a cross piece of wood placed across your neck and shoulders and fastened to you. You feel the heaviness of the wood. You feel probably the coarseness of the wood. And then you can feel it being laid on your partner, the person next to you. And for me, often it's myself and my husband for this example. The cross piece of wood is heavy. Um, I'm sure the weather isn't pleasing at all. For this example, let's say it's snowing and it's cold and it's icy outside. So your cross piece is in place, then you wait. While it's placed on your yoke partner, you can feel the tugging of the fitting and fastening to your partner. And then they take the yoke and fasten it to the cart. So you're jerked down a bit, not able to stand tall and then you are commanded to move and you start digging in the snow and dirt, whatever you can catch your feet on to propel yourself in this yoke forward along with your partner. Are you walking synchronously? How heavy is that yoke? I can imagine my neck hurting, my shoulders having shooting pain, my legs burning from the intensity of pushing forward and the backs on my legs screaming to stop, my back even begging for reprieve. And this is the very yoke that he, Lord and God, breaks for us when we fast. This is the power that we can invoke in our lives through fasting humbly and faithfully. So as I was preparing for this episode, I always ask myself you know, some basic questions. Um, Starting off, why are we taught to fast? It draws us closer to God. It invokes his divine power on our behalf and those that we fast for. It strengthens us. When we pray, he is there quickly and answers swiftly because of the sacrifice of the fast. It also helps us to deny the carnal appetites of man and woman. Helps us gain confidence in the Lord to call down the very powers of heaven and it helps us to overcome personal weaknesses, temptations, unrighteous influences that we may experience or even addictions that are so very hard to break. So a few examples of fasting, of course, is the Alma the Younger. He lay speechless and paralyzed He was unmoving, and his father assembled the priest to fast and to pray to the Lord their God that he would open the mouth of Alma that he might speak. And then we have Moses, 
who fasted on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights when receiving the Ten Commandments. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 28, it says, And he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 9, reward for sacrifice. It's a show of faith. The Ten Commandments. This is what Moses received through his fasting. Alma the Younger, who was laid paralyzed, unable to speak, to do anything. He looked probably, I'm sure, comatose. And because of the faith of his father and the priest that he asked for help to add their faith to his, to fast and to pray. Well, we all know what happened to Alma the Younger, and he did a great and mighty work. Recently, we fasted for the country, and we fasted to heal from COVID-19, and for those who are affected by it, to overcome COVID. We fasted for the economy. We fasted for our right to practice religious freedom. And these are some of the results that I noticed because that fast took place, I I believe, at the end or beginning of March or April. We know this isn't a virus that we can hide from. It's not going away. So we must adapt and live on. We cannot live in fear. Fear is a tool or instrument of Lucifer. We must have hearts of faith. Those that I know who have gotten COVID, thankfully, it has only lasted a few days with minor symptoms and left. The economy with a pandemic is thriving here in the U.S. Just look at the auto industry for proof and our energy independence for the first time in 70 years. We also have churches that are opening up and temples too in phases, but they're opening up. Moving back to the talk by Elder Bowen. He says to develop spiritual strength, we need to do our part. If we are not willing to work and be obedient, we should not expect the miracle. In my experience, miracles are always found through obedience and hard work. A person who can discipline himself to fast on a regular basis is the way God has designed, can resist every temptation, overcome any burden, there's that yoke we talked about earlier, and become free. Now, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. These scriptures only have impact and power when you believe and you have faith in them. I believe that God is faithful to us. I believe that there is always a way and a path through our trials and challenges here on earth. I also believe exactly what the scripture says, that he will not give me any more than I can bear. And honestly, that belief and faith in that 
has gotten me through so many times when I thought I just don't have any more to give. I can't do this anymore. You know, this is beyond my scope of uh, ability and knowledge and energy. And, you know, I just would feel so defeated. But then I would go back to what I call my spiritual tool chest and read these scriptures that would remind me of my foundation of faith that I've built. And we want to make sure we protect that with all haste and urgency. Do not lose the ground of faith that you have built. God has provided us with tools to overcome the natural man and what can often beset the mortal body. He has not left us without tools to utilize on our behalf and our families or even the world. The law of the fast is one of those tools and is the most overlooked. So with this episode, I would like to get us refocused and I'm doing it for myself too, no doubt, on the power of fasting. So there's five principles to it that Elder Bowen talked about in this talk. The first one is a generous fast offering blesses others. When we bless others, God blesses us. And Isaiah taught the principle of fast offering. He teaches us that to receive promised power and blessings, we must not only fast, but also care for the poor and needy. This is what I love about the gospel. Everything is accounted for, in order, and thought of. We qualify for God's promised blessings and power as we care for all of his children in accordance with the fast that he has chosen. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. That's Isaiah 58, 7. Isaiah 58, 10 teaches the same fast offering principle. And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday. I would love my darkness to be as the noonday. And I would love to be drawn out of obscurity and be able to radiate that light and glory of who we have chosen to follow, Jesus Christ. Principle number two is fasting invites enlightenment and the companionship of the Holy Ghost. And I am just a fan of this. I love, I get so excited to do these episodes because I know I'm going to get time, private time, which is really hard to get around here, to spend with the Spirit of God. And it's something that I clamor for, that I need, and I want in my life, and it just feels so good when I get to do these episodes and work with the Spirit of God, I truly ask and fast that I might know what topics to choose, what to include, what you need to hear. And that's what fasting does, is it draws us closer and we get more revelation. Not only do we get more revelation and inspiration, 
we just learn, we progress, but then also we art start to understand the language of the spirit better too. It's like a muscle. You have to exercise and exercise and exercise until it becomes strong. The Lord promises not only the power to overcome all of our sins, but also light, health, and righteousness in our lives. And just as with the children of Israel, he promises that his glory will surround and protect us. In the following verses, we receive the promise that he will hear our prayers and we can approach him with complete faith and confidence. Our hunger will be satisfied with the bread of life. Our thirst will be quenched with the living water that never fails. Then shalt thou call and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry and he shall say, here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity, and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Again, that's Isaiah chapter 58, verses 9 and 11. You know, we've been commanded to read and study out Isaiah's words, and it is one of the toughest books, but it's also one of the um, best books to find the pearls and treasures of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It truly is divine. So the third principle is fasting helps us subdue the natural man. I need this help constantly. Um... Just because I was, you know, born and raised in the church, stopped going to church at 17, and I was out in the world for about 22, 23 years, and you just quite acquire a lot of yuck, is what I call it, and it becomes temptations as you start to clean up your life and look to live in a righteous way that's in line with the Savior and Heavenly Father, and so I am always looking to subdue my natural woman. Um, you know, my vices, I've got those under control, but I'm working on other things now, such as my temper, being reactionary, controlling my mouth, and um, wanting to be a yes person when it comes to the gospel. Uh, being willing to say yes every time I'm asked to do something and trusting that the Lord only gives me what I can handle. So fasting requires, of course, discipline. Fasting helps us accomplish one of the vital purposes of life, which is developing self-mastery. And this is huge. As I've gotten older, I've realized how important it is for us to discipline our minds. King Benjamin referred to this self-mastery as overcoming the natural man. And he taught that the natural man is an enemy to God, always has been and ever will be. If we don't overcome the natural man in this life and become a saint through the atonement of Christ, we will never live with our Father in heaven again. Our physical bodies are created in such a way that we can have a spiritual victory over the natural man each time we properly fast. Remember, this is a proving ground. So coming here in this body, the way it is, the flaws and the challenges is all part of that process and that proving ground. Elder Bowen says, when a person starts a fast, biochemical adjustments begin in the bloodstream to compensate for the lack of food. 
a carbohydrate substance known as glycogen, is released from storage areas in the liver and the muscles, and the body uses glycogen as food to keep cells supplied with energy. After 24 hours, this food source is used up and another source of energy is needed. So there is a doctor from Duke University's Department of Community and Family Medicine. His name is Dr. Hayden, I believe. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And he says that when this happens, the body starts looking for other energy sources. So after 24 hours and the glycogen has been used, the first thing happening after a 24 hour fast is the breakdown of the fat cells. And these fat cells, when they break down, produce ketone bodies as they're called. And these ketone bodies seem to have an effect on our psyche in that they make us no longer hungry. Now, I know that the keto diet is a fad, I didn't, actually include this right now as part of this because of the keto diet. Um, I do know of people who have had great success on that. But um, again, it's just teaching what happens after 24 hours of fast. So I'm not promoting any type of uh, diet or anything at all. But it's important that we understand how our bodies operate. You know, one of the biggest things that I learned when I was taking biology and anatomy is that how perfect our bodies truly are. When we eat healthy, we exercise and we take care of them, our bodies are like well-oiled machines. But inevitably, we're going to run into something that's going to need a repair. Um, after 24 hours without food or drink, the body, which is the natural man, submits to the spirit and that's the spiritual man when the spiritual man is victorious we experience greater sensitivity to the influence of the holy ghost isn't that amazing and to me 24-hour fast it's always such a long time um but the rewards for this effort for being prayerful during this time far exceeds the sacrifices and you know i'm building up to it and i'm getting better um principle four is fasting intensifies prayer so in the scriptures i've found at least 49 references to fasting um 25 of those links fasting to prayer and proper fasting, I believe, magnifies our ability to pray, study, and teach. President Henry B. Eyring has taught, the fast also helps us to feel humble and meek so that the Holy Ghost may more easily be our companion. By our fast, we both keep our covenant to care for others, and we prepare to keep our covenant to bear testimony. Those who have prepared carefully for the fast and testimony meeting won't need to be reminded how to bear testimony should they feel impressed to do it in the meeting. They won't give sermons, nor exhortations, nor travel reports, nor try to entertain as they bear witness because they will have already expressed appreciating to people privately. They will have less need to do it publicly. Neither will they feel a need to use eloquent language or to go on at length so the fifth principle is fasting prepares us to bear testimony and that was a statement from elder iring 
and what he had to say about when we get up and bear our testimony. Um, I know that when I fasted on fast and testimony day, it really helps me to draw closer to just the spirit and the truth of things, you know, the, the truth of what we're dealing with and also the truth of our savior, Jesus Christ, the truthfulness of this gospel, uh, the organization of the church. And you know what? It's also helped me to understand that, um, the restoration was brought about imperfectly through flawed human beings, and it's okay. That the execution of church callings and the work of the kingdom here on earth is also executed with flawed human beings, and it's okay. And, uh, you know, God knows all. He's all wise and all knowing, and he makes those adjustments, and we can always trust and have faith in him and, and in Christ. So now we know the principles of fasting. So what are we going to do with this knowledge? One, as a fast day approaches, we really should think of a purpose for our fast and and prepare. So even if it's as simple as expressing thanks and gratitude, the second thing that we can do is make sure that we begin our fast with a prayer. Talk with your Father in heaven. Share with him the purpose of your fast and pour out your heart to him. In DNC section 59 verse 14, it says, Verily this is fasting and prayer, or in other words, rejoicing and prayer. You know, it's all in our attitude and our perception as well. So we've got to write our attitude and perception to be in line with God. The third thing that we can do is fast for two meals or for about 24 hours and figure out what works for you. And then just move on from there. We have nutrition issues such as I can't fast without drinking water. water, Otherwise, I get really sick. Um, I know that God understands and accepts my efforts. So please do the same. My husband started off with one meal and worked his way to two meals. So do what works for you. You know what works for you. It's best to institute these tools in your life than say, I can't do it and give up without the blessings of progression, learning and growing and drawing close to God and Christ. Let's face it, we all need it. We all need it, especially right now. Um, We're in Mormon chapter eight. Aren't the scriptures? I've read the Book of Mormon so many times and I always felt like that was in the future, these chapters that we've been reading with the Come Follow Me program. But now that I'm reading it, I feel like It's actually talking about what we're going through right now. And so we need to be able to capitalize on these tools that God has given us, our Heavenly Father who loves us, so that we can progress, learn and grow, and draw close to Him. And I think the fourth thing that's very key is definitely give a generous fast offering. Offering and fasting go hand in hand. You do what you can, you know how much you can give and what's generous, and just trust yourself. Trust yourself. The fifth thing that you can do is end your fast by praying. It's so important. We begin and end the fast by prayerful, um, you know, talks, pouring our heart out to Heavenly Father and communicating with Him. And then the sixth thing is to commit to being a better person and make plans with God and how you will improve. And I, you know, I'm sure you guys are a lot like me. I can focus on a goal 
and I'll work at it for weeks, months, or whatever, and I progress in that goal, and then I'll focus on another goal, and then all of a sudden, this other goal that I originally was working on, I kind of get lackadaisical with, but I'm progressing in this other goal, and I just think that that's part of life. We're never going to be perfect here, and remembering that we just do the best that we can, and prayerfully ask Heavenly Father the areas of our life that we need to work on. And fasting is a great way to identify those areas, to really kind of cut out of your life the meaningless and incorporate the meaningful. So remember that fasting is definitely a principle of power and it changes lives. Um, I know beyond any doubt that Father in Heaven accepts and rewards our efforts. He has given us tools to persevere and prove ourselves on earth. And just like any parent, he would not send us away to boarding school without us being prepared with our backpacks, notebooks, pencils, calculator, clothing, and the Book of Mormon and the Bible. And fasting is another tool in that divine tool chest of God. So remember, Doctrine and Covenants, section 88, verse 119. Organize yourselves, prepare every needful thing, and establish a house, even a house of prayer, a house of fasting, a house of faith, a house of learning, a house of glory, a house of order, a house of God. And Isaiah 58, 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? I love this gospel. I am so grateful to have the gospel in my life and for the faith. Um... Faith is huge. I always feel like everything is and revolves around faith. Um, With the election right now, you know, we still don't know who the president of the United States is going to be for the next four years. And there's a lot up in the air. And it's really two different ideologies. Um, When you get caught up in the news and social media, it can really leave you deflated and hopeless. But when we look to Christ... And we trust him. And, you know, I fasted for the country on Sunday and for the election. Um, Thy will be done, Father. And just help me to be faithful and to always look to my Savior and have peace during this time of chaos and uncertainty. And I leave this with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope that the Spirit has been able to touch your hearts and your minds and your very soul to edify and uplift you in the ways that you need it this week, that you might be brought into remembrance of these tools that Father's given us to be successful in this dispensation, this time here on earth, to make it home. And fasting is powerful. Fasting, again, changes lives. 
So as always, thank you for joining me. I am so grateful to be doing this and I'm grateful to join my faith with you. This is a project of great love and devotion and we're really looking to save you, to edify you, to keep you in it. And if you're not of the faith and you're curious and you're listening to my voice right now, just know that I know there is one Christ, one church, one baptism, and that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We have to come to know these things for ourselves, and it's an education to know these things for ourselves. And we do that by putting time in every day, and that's how we know truth. You guys, please be safe and be careful out there. Um, Here in Southern California, everything's being boarded up. They're expecting more riots. So just take care of yourself, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay faithful. And remember to be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. God bless.